0: The following program is for adult audiences only.
1: Strap yourself in, because we're set up, switched on, and ready to go.
0: On this episode of Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk, Rick and Stephen welcome author and hardcore punk musician Kenny W. Irish a.k.a. the CryptoPunkologist, happening now on Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk.
1: This
2: is your show.
3: And welcome one and all to another edition of the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk. We are your hosts. Authors and ghost hunters, Stephen Lancaster and myself, Rick Hale. Uh welcome to the initiative. Hey Stephen, how's it going, man? Uh, ah, it's going pretty good, buddy.
4: Um yeah. I'm happy to be here. You know, it's it's a pretty cool show. Yeah, it is. It's and a great why, show.
3: Why is it a pretty cool show? Because we talk about all things paranormal and what it's I'm just trying to get my camera to focus, buddy. Go on. Okay, (laughs) there we go. So, hey, you know, before we start talking about stuff, I kind of want to talk about who we're having on the show today. But I'm not going to go and do the whole, hey, we got a great show because then I'm going to owe Stephen five dollars. So on today's show, we are we welcome Kenny W. Irish, also known as the Crypto Punkologist. Like this guy is a member of a hardcore punk band vocalist for him. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm just going to read his uh, rather impressive sheet here so, you know, we can you know, let people know what to expect. So Kenny W. Irish, a.k.a. the Crypto Punkologist, is an author, hardcore punk musician and a sales marketing professional. Originally from the northern parts of Vermont, he has recently relocated to the beautiful Adirondack area of upstate New York. He has a lifelong love of folklore, legends, monsters, and UFO stories. He has regularly attended and spoke at writers' groups, conferences, festivals, and various other platforms across the country. He has a passion for writing young readers' chapter books, the most recent recent released via the Hangar One Publishing, owned by the creator and producer of the hit TV show Monster Quest. In late 2020, he signed with Beyond the Fray Publishing and in March of 2021 released American Cryptids in Pursuit of the Elusive Creatures. This publication became a two-time number one bestseller from Amazon and has outperformed all other material in its genre. In late summer of 2022, International Cryptids and Legends, the follow-up to the American Cryptids, will be released via Beyond the Fray Publishing. He's also an explorer for the New York Bigfoot Society. The Crypto Punk has appeared on numerous radio shows and podcasts such as Coast to Coast AM, resulting in all three appearances becoming a best of episode. He's been on Midnight FM, The Jim Harold Show, and The Leak Project Network, to name a few. He has filmed in several documentaries scheduled to... Broadcast in the near future He recently filmed and appeared in the national TV show Haunted Hospitals For the Travel Channel and Discovery Plus So yeah I guess he's kind of a big shot eh? (laughs) Yeah it kind of
4: sounds that way Rick You know I really liked Monster Quest That was about the only TV Show I really liked because they really Broke it down man they really broke It down
3: Um, Well I was going to say you know the, you know, there, there was one episode that I didn't like, and, uh, uh, and but I really liked the entire show. It was when they showed the, um, I can't remember what monster it was, but it was a famous alien um, episode. It, it, he kind of looked like a crocodile in a floating um, um, chair. It was the weirdest thing. But yeah, I mean, the, Monster Quest was a great show. And, you know, I'll still watch it every now and then on Discovery+. Plus. Yeah, and you know, I, this is a cool
4: episode because uh, those of you who are new to us, new to the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk, we occasionally do a segment, because we're all about segments here, um, called Paranormal Amped, where we bring on musicians to tell their ghost story, and we've had William Duvall of Allison Chains, we've had Brit Lightning of Vixen, but these are just segments, it's like now this is like an entire episode of Paranormal Amped.
3: Yeah, and actually he has sent over a song for us yeah. to listen to. You need to send find that to me like immediately. I, I am going to send it to you. Not through Facebook. Okay. No, not through Facebook. I don't really know how to do that. But the band, his the name of his band is The Final Mile, and the song is called A Better Way. Let me see if I can send this to you like email it
4: to uh, me or if you can send it through this chat here um, Facebook you can't download
3: them from the uh messenger see i can't send it because he uh sent it to me in Facebook messenger but hang on one second i got him can you
4: yeah there you go but i think it's cool so it's like a whole episode of uh, a musician um sharing Not really ghost stories, but, and he might, but cryptid, cryptozoology, man, always been a fascination of mine.
3: Which is great because we have had, we don't really do cryptozoology all that often on this show. We just recently had our first ufologist. So this, so Kenny is going to be our first. Cryptozoologist.
4: I mean, we do our segments with, you know, Creature of the Week when we do those, but that's just a segment. But Rick, I gotta tell you, man, you know, you know, like on Amazon and Walmart and stuff, you know, every paranormal investigator they want a thermal imaging camera, but them jokers, yeah, you can get some cheap ones that like take still Mm -hmm. shots, but to get the really good ones, you know, it it gets out there. So as far as the price, Well, you know, up until recently, you could buy a FLIR or Fluke little kind of adapter that Mm -hmm. you could hook directly into your cell phone. It had a lens built in and basically make your cell phone a thermal camera. Okay. Well, now the company Caterpillar – so for you paranormal investigators out there – um who are pro- probably using their cell phone more than anything anymore to make their recordings to shoot video you know using those cheesy for entertainment only apps but cat caterpillar first has made, yeah they made a new cell phone called the cat 62 the S62 Pro and this is the first cell phone of its kind to actually have A thermal imaging camera built in. Not only for still shots, but for actual video. And believe it or not, this phone is Mm -hmm. entirely indestructible. Like, you can run it over. You can drop it off a building. They actually, in their commercial for it, they put it in a dishwasher. You can wash your phone like Mm -hmm. that. It's completely waterproof. And believe it or not, you can get this phone... It's it's an Android based system, but it's only five hundred and twenty nine dollars to to go and buy it. You couldn't go buy a thermal for that a thermal thermal video camera. Okay, you know what I'm saying. So you oh, could yeah the cell phone an indestructible cell phone for when you're running around in the dark dropping things and have <laughs> a thermal camera for just a little over five hundred dollars and your cell phone. It, it's awesome. I love. How technology is developing, man. Now the, right. they need the one thing cell phones are missing the boat on is night vision, and I'm not talking about you know up in the the ISO settings and taking night shots. I'm talking about true night vision. They need to start adding that to cell phones.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah, I think that that's really great. You know, um, and and like you said, it's indestructible. So when you're running around chasing ghosts at two o'clock in the morning and for whatever reason you feel the need to turn all the uh, lights off because apparently ghosts only come out when the lights are off but um yeah (laughs) yeah, uh, you know and you're dropping it so um dropping your cell phone dropping you know whatever piece of equipment you're holding in your hands so yeah this is perfect now we were talking a little bit about this i actually uh put the um Put it to the test. Uh, put this old app to the test that was on on my wife's old um, old uh, iPad, and um, it was in the uh, in the camera app, and it was you know supposed to be like an infrared thing. Put it to the test on an investigation, and a complete kiss man. It's just there for like fun. Yeah, it's a filter, and you know, I, I'm just going to be blunt
4: about it. it. It really shows you the intelligence of certain paranormal investigators. When they put an EMF detector app on their phone or they put a thermal imaging camera app on their phone, dude, to make an EMF work, a cell phone does not have the tools for that. Yeah. You know, it does not have the tools for a thermal camera, the faux night vision. I mean, if you think you're getting true EMF reads from your cell phone, you just need to quit. Period. Yeah,
3: Yeah, it's I I, I will never forget when I first joined um, McHenry County Paranormal Research Group was a group that I belonged to about 12 years ago, um, almost 13 years ago now. And um, somebody whipped out their cell phone and they had the ghost radar app on their phone. Now, we were in a legitimate house that was haunted. I mean, we saw some um, extraordinary things that night and I caught one of the best pictures that I've ever seen before And um, this guy, like, whips it out, turns it on, and he was like, oh, look, see? It got, like, the little bleep and, like, the radar. And it's like, there's a ghost here and a ghost there. And I'm like, dude, this is a phone app. Cell phones are not equipped with the kind of technology that you need to make a ghost radar or specter detector or whatever. And, you know, I wasn't, like, trying to make the guy feel stupid or anything like that. But he didn't talk to me for the rest of the night. And I'm like, I'm just trying to teach you but you know what that's kind of like a thing these days um in the paranormal people who are kind of new to this they don't really like listening to us old guys
4: no old old women they there's they're setting their ways man and and, you know it's funny though because there are some things out there like uh i used to use a moisture detector that that i bought at lowe's and -hmm. it was more of an experimental thing because You know, when people discuss cold spots, okay? well, with cold spots, believe it or not, comes moisture. Mm -hmm. So I bought this moisture detector and I would walk around with it and it would start beeping when it detected moisture. And simultaneously, I'm experiencing a cold spot. Or I would I I remember doing an investigation at the Web Library in Moorhead City, North Carolina, when I first got it. And they had an old old piano in there. And I went and I set the moisture detector on top of the the spinet piano. And I sat on the opposite end of the room doing a communication session. And I basically asked for the entity or spirit or ghost or whatever you want to call it to walk towards the piano. Mm -hmm. And would you believe it started beeping? So I started really putting that into my research work to mm-hmm. you know I- experimenting with moisture because that that's physical right you know
3: yeah it's uh you know I, I think that you got to really be careful what it is that you use as equipment and not only that you also have to know how your equipment works e- emf detectors are not you know ghost detectors they're not specter detectors they're not um, designed to do that, you know, regardless of what some of these, um, you know, companies that put out ghost hunting equipment tell you. Um, these um, EMF detectors, they are testing the electromagnetic field and any fluctuations or disturbances that you may find. Just because it starts beeping, doesn't mean that there is a ghost there it could be a stray radio signal it could be you know somebody just turned the blender off or 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 rather on um or your phone is you're getting texted on your phone so you got to really be careful what you use and um and how you use it and you got to know how to use it as well well that's the thing you know
4: not not everybody but a lot of people have veered away From the proper method of using one, you know, Mm -hmm. it it used to be you would go into a location and take baseline reads, log baseline reads everywhere, you know, write all this stuff down. So if something abnormal happened in that same area later, you had comparable data. People don't Mm -hmm. do that no more. They just instantly walk in, pull out their EMF. Oh, got an EMF spike. Well, what, do you, yeah. what, date, what data are you comparing that with? You know, EMF spikes or, or a good EMF read that you want to relate to the paranormal is when you're sitting somewhere, let's just say in a living room. You've already done your baseline mm-hmm. in that living room, so you know what the baseline is everywhere. And you're sitting there, and you ask a spirit, touch this device or come mm-hmm. close to this device – And if it was on average, let's say a point zero three and it spikes to like point fifty two, that says something, you know, because electromagnetic fields are stagnant. They're stagnant and locked to the area that is producing them. But if it's moving, that's something else. But you need comparable data to validate that.
3: Right. And, you know, speaking of doing um, investigations next Saturday night um you United States Paranormal Research the group that I belong to we are heading down to Jefferson Park which is a neighborhood on the north side of Chicago and uh we're going to be doing that investigation in that uh woman's house Stephen. so yes. she is uh What are the plans? Yeah, or can you talk cl- about that? I don't um yeah I could talk about that of course because it's like they're really really open uh, to having this done and being okay, of course i 'm not going to give their names, and i 'm not going to give uh, the address, but the claims are really um, quite interesting because this family um, they are not afraid of their ghosts, they know what they have there, and they're they 're peacefully coexisting with them. Uh, there have been apparitions of children seen in the basement, so i 'm really uh, looking at looking towards focusing on that area but one of the they hear voices in the house, they hear footsteps. they hear kind of like the occasional knock on the wall. but one of the interesting features about this haunting whatever it is or I should rather say whomever is in their home really likes the dog, like they play with the dog they've looked over and watched as the dog is like act, acting as if it's being pet by somebody or playing with somebody and I don't know if you've ever seen this, but oh, I've yeah. seen this on many investigations where, like, the dog is, uh, be- dog is acting as if it's playing or being pet or whatever. And, um, you know, animals are very, very intuitive. And also, they're seeing in a different light spectrum than we are. So what we can't see, they are seeing. So I'm really looking forward to doing this. It is gonna be, um, it's going to be me. It's going to be a three-person team because this is a, this is a private home. Um, it's going to be me, Brian Meisinger, who we had on the show. Mm -hmm. Uh, A couple of months ago, the founder of U.S. uh, Paranormal Research and the psychic medium, Tony Weber. So I'm going to be putting uh, this is I've worked with him before, but this is this is the first time that I I feel like I'm going to be putting his abilities to the test. And uh, I always like to put, you know, psychic mediums abilities to the test. Sure. So he will be going into this completely cold, not having any idea of the claims. And what's really great is, is that it's a private home. So it's not like you can go online and just find out whatever you want to find. Right. So, uh, yeah, we'll so we'll be putting his abilities to the test. It should be a great investigation. It's one that I call a slam dunk because like I said, the people, they are totally okay uh, this uh, the, uh, this woman and her girlfriend They are completely okay With what it is that they, they have living in their home And they peacefully coexist That's awesome Well Rick before we take our first
4: break And get ready for Our very special rocking guest This is right up my alley It's about time Rick delivers mm. Oh god
3: I Deliver not, quite a bit
4: <laughs> not, not that our other guests I mean I, I've loved all of our guests actually But We need to, I think we need to go ahead and briefly discuss the elephant that has recently popped up in the paranormal room. Okay. And and that is Amy DeVille in space.
3: (laughs) Oh, my God. You know, I I thought, I I saw that picture on uh, Gary Gary Hill. Remember, we had him on the show as well. I saw that picture on his page and I'm like, this can't possibly be real. Oh, hell yeah, it's real. I looked it up, watched the trailer, put the trailer on my own Facebook page. And um, it's it, the Amityville house is somehow traveling through the galaxy on a giant asteroid. Which is awesome. Yeah. And it takes place in the 31st century. I think it said in the year 3015. And you have like aliens and space priests and, uh, you know, intergalactic paranormal investigators in this house and uh you know what it may look like the silliest thing in the world but i find it more believable than what is given to us already <laughs> exactly like i'm completely open to this all the other aimed
4: because the warrens had nothing to do with it yeah you know, the, the warrens had never went to nasa and studied to be an astronaut so there's no way that they were involved so this you know it's interesting and if mystery science theater doesn't do this one <laughs> I'm gonna be really upset. I'm gonna be really upset. But you know, space, Rick, it, it, it used to be the final frontier. Mm-hmm. But now space is where franchises go to die.
3: Yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah, Leprechaun like, in
4: space. Le- leprechaun. Yep. Jason X. You know, Jason in space. Now we're taking the
3: fucking Amityville house to <laughs> fucking space. Yeah, I'm. I, I gotta. I'm really looking forward to this it, one. because in space, this just looks silly. Nobody can hear you haunt. <laughs> nobody can hear you scream. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it, 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 it's absolutely legit. It's for real. It is a movie that's going to be coming out, and uh, I cannot wait to see it. And we'll watch it, and we'll tell you all about it.
4: <laughs> well, see, you know, it kind of disappoints me, man. You know, it's like, like I said last week, a bucket list of mine is to appear in a horror movie.
0: And mm-hmm. it's like, why
4: didn't they call me for this? I'd have been perfect for that. You need the sarcastic guy that can kind of meta this, you know, make mm-hmm. it self-aware. <laughs> like you know I just keep getting
3: turned down, bro. Yeah, man. You know, you can only do so much and, and they just don't then they just stop calling. But uh, yeah, so Amity Villain space. Check it out. Uh, apparently, there's, there's demons in outer space as well. So, who of knows? Course. There's got to oh, be. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the, uh, I think there was like a squid-faced guy who, or something like that. <laughs> who was shooting at a demon. I don't you know. know but which it's going to be up,
4: It opens up a whole show down the road. Do aliens
3: see ghosts? Do aliens get haunted? See, now I've always wondered that. You know, and it's like, hey, I mean, why not? If they have spirits and souls too, I mean, they're evolved creatures. I mean, why not? Why don't they have ghosts on their on their own planets? Well, okay, Rick, we've got
4: an excellent show ahead of us. We're bringing on a rocking guy. We're gonna play some of his music. He's gonna tell us all about the world of cryptozoology and what's it called, crypto punk? What? Yeah, uh, Kenny Irish, the Crypto-Punkologist. The
3: Crypto-Punkologist. See, Rick, yes. we need titles like that, man. Yeah, you know, I I, I just, I always, I need a hook, man. I need like, uh, I need a gimmick of sorts. Well, boring's kind of been your thing. <laughs> so
4: he yeah, could be like a Borologist.
3: And you, you know, being the self-proclaimed world's sexiest ghost hunter. That's your gimmick. Yeah, gimmick. Yeah. That's that's not a gimmick.
4: <laughs> that is a <laughs> trademarked way of life, son. That is a sure. trademarked way of life. Sure it, it is, pretty boy. And for those of you out there, you know, it's phenomenologist. Phenomenologist. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> so, guys, check out these wickedly awesome commercials. Check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash welcome to the initiative and contact us at shadow initiative talk at gmail.com we're apple music spotify amazon music we're everywhere man just like the song says we've been everywhere mm. so guys hang tight you're listening to rick hale ghost hunter and author myself ghost hunter and author we will be right back
1: Please follow us on Facebook and subscribe via iTunes.
0: You are listening to Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with authors and ghost hunters Stephen Lancaster and Rick Hale.
2: This is your show, and now it's time for our feature presentation.
3: Okay, cool. And welcome back to the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with your hosts, Stephen and Rick. Joining us this morning is Kenny W. Irish, the cryptopunkologist, cryptozoologist, as well as author. Kenny, welcome to the initiative.
2: Welcome. Hey, good morning, gentlemen. Thank you for having me.
3: Oh, thanks for coming on. So, yeah, I was, you know, looking looking through all your stuff. I was really impressed with, um, you know, you know, your your books and your, um, everything that you're doing at the moment. You know, and and I, I have to say, the thing that really impressed me the most, you know, not only are you the author of American Cryptids, but you're also the author of a couple of children's books. Yes. Concerning cryptozoology, and you know, be, being the dad of an eleven-year-old son, I think that that is fantastic. Um, I think that there needs to be more stuff like that. I've I've oftentimes thought about doing like a ghost hunting book about kids, but I just can't write for children. It's the weirdest thing. So let's let's talk about you, Kenny. You know, what got you interested in uh, in cryptozoology? Did you you know have a snuggle session with a Bigfoot, or ride right on the back of a uh, of a of a water uh monster what happened
2: no n- none of the above uh, it actually started <laughs> with uh um just being being a, a a young young kid and just loving monsters uh the incredible Hulk, godzilla and kong wolfman and that kind of you know set me on the path but um i'm from uh, northern vermont and um being a godzilla fan i had somebody say to me when i was like like four years old that godzilla lived in lake champlain and, okay. um, and it turns out that it's, it she was referring to uh champ the lake champlain monster who's the legendary monster that's supposed to uh, live in that lake um okay. so that really kind of set me on the path of like wait a minute there's there's real stuff it's not just on tv um yeah. so i i wouldn't I, i've had a lifelong love of monsters and creatures but i would say that you know, that, that was kind of like a defining moment when I was four years old, just, uh, you know, thinking like some type of serpentine Godzilla-like creatures living in a lake that I lived pretty close to. So from then on, I, I was constantly just, you know, looking at the lake, you know, whenever we were there at the beach, you know, all my friends are playing in the water. I'm, I'm knee-deep just watching the water, watching waves and, you know, just, uh, so so that's kind of kind of how it started. And then it just, you know, kind of blossomed from there over the years, so...
3: Sure. You know, the, uh, the the Lake Champlain monster is one that I've always found really interesting. I'm I'm really skeptical when it comes to Nessie because I don't believe that there is um, credible photographs. You know, there's 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 thousands of photographs of Nessie, but none of them are great. But Lake Champlain monster is different. And the and I'm and of course, I'm talking about the Sandra Mancy photograph. Yeah. Uh, that she took. That is quite possibly one of the most extraordinary pictures I've ever seen. So let's talk about that a little bit because it is one of those that fascinates. You know, who was Sandra Mancy? How did she come to get such an amazing picture of this monster?
2: Yeah. Well, well, she was um, out out driving, you know, with her family along the side of Lake Champlain and stopped. Um, from my understanding, to uh, take take a take a break, and um, ended up looking out over the lake, and uh, and that's what she, that's when she saw what she uh, she uh, you know took the picture of. Um, I, you know, I, I don't believe, from my understanding, that you know it was something that she believed in prior to that, Mm -hmm. Um, but I I do know that uh, she was just out just driving along and uh, ended up taking the picture, you know, and the thing with that picture, it's just like um, the Patterson Gimlin, like to the the champ uh, enthusiasts, um, that picture is just like what the, to the Bigfoot community is the Patterson Gimlin footage, you know, it hasn't been, you know, there's a lot of questions behind it, but it hasn't been able to be 100% debunked, Um, right? As far as um, the picture, you know, some folks say that, you know, they believe it was actually a log that actually turned in the water and that the neck and head is actually a big branch that's coming off of it. And, you know, from the distance and the way that it was taken, um, which I, I guess could, could very well be. Um, but the, the, the bottom line is with, with champ is, is, you know, there's definitely different pictures out there that uh, are very compelling and, mm-hmm. Um, you know, when when you go back and you look at the history of Lake Champlain, um, Lake Champlain wasn't always a freshwater lake. It was at one point in time connected to the Atlantic Ocean. And then um, the glaciers, you know, had to freeze over and then it separated itself and became a freshwater lake. So it's very possible that something could have over the years, you know, got trapped in there or you know, uh, deep, 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 deep down in, in under, under the earth, there's, there's canals, you know, that still somehow connect. Now, you know, one would ask, well, how would it be a freshwater lake if it was still somehow connected to the Atlantic ocean? Well, you know, it, it, you know, the ground and the earth does, it has a, an amazing filtration system. So, um, I, you know, I can't 100% say that that's 100% true, but, um, what I can say is that, you know, a, a, again, there's, there's a good chance that, um, you know, over time, you know something. You know, as the, the the lake receded, excuse me, the ocean receded, and the lake built itself. That something was, um, you know, stuck there or multiple, I should say, and um, it's continued to, um, you know, reproduce. And uh, I mean, the it's 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 a long lake too. It's very long, and mm-hmm. it's uh, very deep. Its deepest point is over four hundred feet. And uh, so so there's definitely um, a possibility of something being able to hide. And there's a lot of credible people out there, too, who have, um, you know, claim that they've they've seen what what they believe to be uh, champ, which, um, you know, you always have the the people that see something every time they go out in the water or go out in the woods or whatever. But um, these were people who weren't looking, just happened to come across it and see it and not necessarily right. a believer now, but. Can definitely say that they saw something that resembled champ
3: see one of the things that really you know sets my skepticism off concerning lake monsters um, people claim that they are dinosaur like in appearance i mean yeah. you know something that died off sixty five million years ago, but these are cold water lakes
2: mm-hmm.
3: if it would be a dinosaur, it would have to be in something that 's warm because it would be a cold. Blooded creature itself so are these dinosaur or lizard like creatures or could it be some kind of uh as of yet unknown
2: mammal i i personally you know a lot of people believe champ and um nessie to be like a plesiosaurus type of um uh creature i i don't i think it's just some long serpentine type of um uh creature that we haven't necessarily um been able to say hey yes for sure this is this is what this is um that i mean that's the only thing that i can go back on i mean it, as far as like a plesiosaurus too you know they've got the long necks you know that 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 come out of the water and they mm-hmm. curve. but the thing is it, in order to to come out of the water and do that um for the way the neck structure is, I mean, they would literally have to turn their body so like they're standing like a human. But a lot of the time that when folks see these pictures and the, the witnesses that they, they claim that they saw the creature, they're like, its neck is out of the water, plus it also has humps in the back. So if mm-hmm. it was of the plesiosaurus type of build, the second the plesiosaurus, you know, um, kind of stands up in a sense so its neck can actually stand straight up, um, mm-hmm. it, it wouldn't have any humps in the water, I mean the body would actually go deeper down into the water so i, I mean I'm not an expert in that but um you know it, you know looking into it it just to me it doesn't the Plesiosaurus, um uh, theory just just doesn't doesn't play with me i i really i really think it's some type of serpentine creature that just you know um is able to uh get around somehow again you know there could be under underwater tunnels and you know they they talk about that they've only um what was it explored five percent of the oceans and yeah. you know as far as i'm concerned the whole earth is covered with water what we see is lands and countries and uh, those are just islands in my opinion so there's all the waterways connected somehow one way or another
3: yeah i agree i think i think i once well, i think i once heard it said that we know more about the surface of the moon or the surface of mars yeah. than we know about our own oceans um right. Yeah, and it, it, when you think about it, I mean, it's the, the, the incredible depths of, say, you know, the Marianas Trench. You know, it's it's impossible to get down that deep. So we really don't know what is down there. Uh, sure, we get, like, you know, sonar hits and stuff like that. But, you know, to visually see something, there could be anything living down there. I mean, aliens, for all we know. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, you know, so... I've oftentimes wondered that maybe it's sort of like a long-necked seal or, like you said, some kind of, um, you know, a giant uh, serpentine creature. Um, I guess either one are possible. Definitely not sold on the idea of a 65-million-year-old plesiosaur living at the bottom of these uh, cold-water lakes. But um, so moving along to something that could possibly exist, you mentioned the Patterson-Gimlin um, everybody in the paranormal or that has an interest in, um, anomalous phenomenon has seen this, um, video and seen the photographs and Bigfoot is kind of one of those things that I think could possibly exist only because a creature like it does exist in the, um, a fossil record. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, Sure. So what are what what is this creature that that Bigfoot may be descended from, you know? That's kind of been extinct, well, allegedly extinct for a long time.
2: Um, you know, it's it's funny because my answer is is going to be different depending on what I've last researched and looked into, and that's okay. the that's the beauty. But yet, yeah, that's also the curse of this subject. Um, that you know, the second you start looking into something, because I, I, I guess the reason I'm saying that I'll explain what I mean by that is. It's a subject that really does carry zero accountability, meaning, Mm -hmm. you know, the example I always use is if somebody says to me, hey, a black bear during the summer turns its skin inside out to stay cool. I can go down to my local library or whatever and actually pull up actual facts on it with cryptozoology. It's, it's, it's a lot of different theories and opinions with nothing, 100% set in stone. So there's, there's no way that I can 100% say it's, it's this or that, but as far at one point in time, I was 100% flesh and blood. Um, it's, as far as Sasquatch and Bigfoot, um, I believe that you know something exists. You know, for for years, I mean, I, a lot of my my research is based around Native American lore. So, for mm-hmm. instance, you know, we we just mentioned the uh, Patterson-Gimlin footage, 1967. Well, that's where a lot of people started studying Bigfoot and moving forward. Um, and I started in 1967, and I went backwards because I wanted to go back and find out like the Ross information and you know all these tribes all over all over the world that communicated the same type of creature that they were seeing and again this was this was pre-internet pre-facebook um pre any telephone or anything but yet when they came together they talked about this creature that resembled um had his resemblance of what another tribe was talking about so i do Mm -hmm. believe that um, if they don't exist anymore, that they did exist at one time if they were flesh and blood. But the more I talk to different individuals and I talk to different people, uh, again, you know, it comes across talking to credible witnesses. Some some people say that that they believe that, you know, again, there's the portal. I, I don't 100% know. Um, a lot of people say that they believe that they're extraterrestrial. I'm more, yeah. if I had to say, between spirit spirit. Um, in extraterrestrial, I would say extraterrestrial, because okay. at the same time, that could still be flesh and blood. Um, and the other thing too, is you know when we talk about you know something of that size, you know, being in a physical man- manifested form, leaving these large footprints, um I know that you know, um from my understanding, you know spirits can you know move things around, you know they can they can definitely be in the physical. But for something mm-hmm. to leave a deep, deep footprint, in the ground that a two or 200 pound man cannot leave at that point in time. It, that's what makes me kind of, kind of go if, if they 100% exist, because I've never seen one um, that I'm more on the extraterrestrial side because it, I mean, just, just in 2020, I mean, the government came out and said, yes, there's such a thing as, as UFOs. They didn't say, Oh, by the way, there's aliens, but they right. did say, you know, that, that, you know, there are UFOs or things that, that we see that, that, that we don't know what they are that are unidentified. Right. So um, that, that's kind of where I come in at. And, but again, I mean, that could, that could very well change um, down the road because I, I try to keep an open mind and not have a solid set in stone and um, draw a line in the sand because I, I want to be able to look past where I'm at at that point in time and really try to understand the phenomenon.
3: Sure. Um, the, the thing that really strikes me about, you know, these legendary creatures, you know, like Bigfoot, you have Bigfoot, you got Yeti, you got Sasquatch, you have, uh, the Almas, you have, uh, the Woodhouse, you have these, uh, different creatures. They all really sound the same. Um, are they the same creature or is it, or are they something different?
2: I, I believe, I believe they're, they're made up of the same. Um, just like, you know, we have, you know, human beings all over the world we all resemble each other, but yet we do look a little bit different, you know, depending on the area of the uh, country we're from. And, you know, so I I would have to believe to a degree that when it comes to um, something like, like a Sasquatch, it would be the same. I mean, even if you look at, you know, animals, for instance, like we have dogs that, you know, all look completely different, but at the same time, there's still those same characteristics that you know every dog you know kind of has and carries, so you know it, it's one of those things where it comes down to um, you know what it actually is. It's 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 hard. It's really really hard to say. But again, I mean you you've got the Native Americans that for you know thousands of years have been talking about what they believe to be um, a Sasquatch, a, a Bigfoot, and you know communicating with each other. The other thing too is. How would they know? Why would they, if they, you know, two tribes come across each other, why would that be something that they would talk about? That's the other the other thing. Why would that be something that, that would actually come up in topic? So right. I have to believe that there really is, there, if there isn't now, there really was at one point in time some type of... um um humanoid um hairy man that was that was running around and uh, if it did die off and it, it did go extinct and what we're seeing right now is you know a lot of misidentifications that's a possibility as well. But I don't necessarily believe that because a lot of individuals I've spoken to, again, I mean, these these guys are people who who hunt, you know, it's like they, they have a day job, but what they tell you they do is they hunt for a living. Um, these woodsmen that are constantly out there, they know what everything is in the woods. They know what this sound is. They know what that sound is. They know what this track is. But yet they saw something that resembled you know, uh, what we call Bigfoot or Sasquatch, so, um, so I have to believe that there is something going on, and with the Native Americans, they always spoke of them depending on which tribe you spoke with, um, as flesh and blood and of spirit mm-hmm. so how can it be both? So uh, again, I mean, you know they never said anything extraterrestrial they never said anything alien, but again, that's more of a modern uh, term anyways so, yeah sure. um, so, again, it's, you know, it's who, who, who knows. It's, it's that's one of the things that really keeps me um, passionate about this subject. But at the same time, it's the thing that drives me nuts. I think that anybody that
3: is involved in the uh, exploration of anomalous ph- phenomena will tell you that. So here's what we're going to do, uh, Kenny. We're going to take our first break. And when we come back, you sent us a song um from your band uh your band called final mile correct yes yeah it's an excellent song great punk great punk band so uh, what we're going to do is folks is we're going to take a break we're going to pay some bills when we come back we're going to be talking with uh kenny irish the crypto punkologist we're going to play a song and um you know stick around this is the shadow initiative paranormal talk with Stephen lancaster and myself rick hale come on back
0: Explore the fascinating world of the paranormal on the Label13 YouTube channel. Watch captivating paranormal videos, full paranormal documentaries, and watch exclusively the entire 20-episode first season of Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV for free. The Label13 YouTube channel showcases paranormal footage that has been seen on A&E Biography, Travel Channel, and Discovery+. Plus watch label 13 at youtube.com slash label 13 videos that's youtube.com slash label 13 videos and don't forget to subscribe for more of the supernatural Join the hosts on Facebook at facebook.com slash welcome to the initiative. That's facebook.com slash welcome to the initiative. Want to be a guest on Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk? Is there something you would like to hear discussed? Contact the hosts at Talk at gmail.com. That's Talk at gmail.com. We now return to Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with your hosts, Rick Hale and Stephen Lancaster.
3: He's so sensitive, Kenny.
4: I've got so much to do over here. You done yet? You done? God knows. All right. Welcome back to the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with, unfortunately, Rick Hale. But you do got me. Stephen Lancaster here. And we've got a very special guest today that I'm excited about because he's a musician and hopefully Rick will quit being a microphone hog and let me ask some questions later, but we'll see. So we're talking with Kenny Irish and he's got a song that he is going to allow us to play. This is a first for shadow initiative. We're playing some music, man, some real music. Uh, Kenny, why don't you tell us a little bit about the song, what it's about, and then we'll lay it out for people to play it out.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It was a, a, a band that um, I toured around with and, we played um all over the place you know we had some albums out uh we were played on the radio we were uh called final mile um we did we did break up but um, we were just um you know a, a bunch of guys that kind of put the band together backwards like we got married and bought homes and then said hey let's start a band so um so we we'd work full-time during the week you know we whenever we got out of work sometimes during the middle of the week we'd drive three four hours to a show play for 30 minutes turn around and come back um so we were just uh uh, playing all over the place and and just 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 having a good time and uh um one of the songs that that we did was called a better way um was just about uh you know the the world kind of being screwed up and um you know how we, we as humans um you know, choose to love ourselves before you know we, we we love our fellow man and uh we're 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 also Christians so you know our, our messages tried to you know they were definitely um you know revolving around um uh you know positivity and, and Christ centered so um yeah the song's called The Better Way.
4: Excellent so you guys check out this track from Kenny Irish Better Way and we will be right back.
2: This is your show
1: What's wrong with the world today? Seems like it's going down the drain. What's wrong with the world today? Seems like I'm missing up. The... What's wrong with the world today? Seems like it's going down the drain. What's wrong with the world today? Seems like I'm fisting up. This king to this book to cry. What's wrong with your people inside? Don't you know there's a better way? All you got to do is with your out of his name Take a leap and use your voice You will make that voice
0: Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with your hosts Rick Hale and Stephen Lancaster. So yeah, you
3: know, I, I got to be honest with you, is something, Kenny. Especially when I go to Walmart, I oftentimes ask myself, "What the hell is wrong with the world today?" You know, and again, they kind of, you know, struck me when I heard your song. You know, what's wrong with the world today? I, I asked myself that at least fifty times a day. But yeah, it's it's a great track, um, and uh, you know, I really hope that you know people enjoyed it. So. Um, you know, I want to talk uh, – well, I'm sorry. Steven, did you have any questions for our guest? Uh, yes,
4: I'm one of the hosts here at Shadow Initiative. Guys, if you've never uh, tuned in before, I do help host this show. Um, we know who I, the real star is. We, uh, <laughs> this Lester. Lester back there. That's who the real star is, Lester. Um No, I had a one thing I did want to say is uh, between the the Sasquatch and the Yeti thing, I kind of I've always leaned towards them being the same. I think just like you were alluding to with human beings is you adapt to your environment. So like the the Yeti is a Sasquatch. It's just it's coat turns white to adapt to its environment for camouflage purposes. But that's neither here nor there. That's just my opinion. But I, I, I wanted to ask you a few things, I guess, first and foremost, Um, Is there a a case that uh, particularly stands out to you that you have worked or or something like you have said, yes, this this has got to have some substance to it? Like, have you seen anything on your own volition? You know, what's what's a good story that you got?
2: Well, what I can say is that for me, I've had, you know, strange experiences being out in the woods, Um, you know, um, noises, things sounding like something's walking, um, standing straight up, um, strange um, lights in the woods that um, couldn't be contributed to. Um, another hiker or, you know, some type of like, you know, swamp gases or anything, you know, so I've had some real, real, real strange experiences. Uh, I always say that I'm that guy who's late to the party. I've never actually been able to put my eyes on any type of creature, but again, just having very weird experiences that you can't necessarily explain, um, you know, there's a lot of folks, you know, that, that, um, you know, do a lot of the, uh, the, what I call them is the Hollywood techniques of, you know, doing, you know, Bigfoot howls and knocking mm-hmm. on trees. Um, but we did, we, we did test a theory where we didn't believe that, you know, if they were, if, uh, if Sasquatch were doing tree knocks, that they were actually using sticks that we believe that they were using rocks, uh, because every time you, 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 hear one um, that's supposedly done by a Sasquatch or Bigfoot, it sounds exactly the same. It's like that nice click, clean noise, where if you pick up a stick or a branch in the woods, you hit it up against a tree. Depending on the the, the width of the stick, um, it's, it makes different noises, and half the time it just blows up and falls apart because it's on the ground for a reason, because it's dead. Um, so we went out and we kind of practiced the theory of it being rocks. So we were chucking rocks at trees and it wasn't really making that much of a noise. So we figured now, you know, this really can't be anything, although it was making that click noise, that, 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 that actual noise, but we ended up uh, separating um, the team, went two different teams and we were, I don't know, maybe four or 500 yards away. And the leader of the group, Gary said, Hey, you know, I'm going to, you know, do some tree knocks here with the rocks. And when he did it, um, the noise carried very, very well. And it had that, that, that clean click noise to it. But what really surprised us was about 45 seconds later, um, we ended up getting a, a, like a click back, like a, like a, uh, that, that a clean crisp. And we put up digital recorders in the woods. So we were actually lucky enough to actually pick it up and hear it. So, um, it's one of those things we, we can't say for sure. Hey, yeah, this was a Sasquatch, but we can, it's something that we can explain and it was in response to what we did, um, and uh, so, again, just weird experiences. Um, you know, we looked around to try to debunk whatever it was, because sometimes, um, you know, if the wind's blowing here in the woods, you can't feel it. But if you look up, you can see the top of the trees swaying. So we looked for that because sometimes when trees are swaying, they'll make that crack noise, um, which sounds like a, a, a tree knock or, or like you're hitting a tree with a bat. Um, but it was about 2 a.m. in the morning and there was there was zero wind. It was in the middle of the summer. Uh, so so we can't necessarily explain what it was. Again, we're not saying that it was Bigfoot related, but it does fall into the pattern of what folks say that they hear. Um, there was one night that we did some call blasting because, uh, you know, we do a lot of study in Native American lore. So we ended up um, bringing a laptop and a speaker out to our research area and we just blasted um, Native American drumming and chanting. Uh, we had no, no clue what they were saying, uh, which was kind of scary in itself but um you know we figured you know if there was a relation there um maybe it might bring something out so after we we played it probably maybe for like 30 minutes and just the experience itself you know being in the woods it's just pitch pitch dark and i, I you know i'm probably a hundred yards away and i can hear the drumming and the chanting in the distance just itself was 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 really cool but we, so like i said we did it for about 30 minutes and then um Two of the researchers, um, not far from where we were, we could hear, you know, something walking. Um, the Two of the researchers said it sounded like it was walking, you know, on two legs. I can't hear stuff like that. So to me, it just sounded like something walking. Um, we couldn't pick anything up. We didn't see anything. Um, so we ended up calling in a night and we left. And as we were walking away, we turned around and looked back at the uh, the location, and there happened to be a light right where we were. And uh, we obviously know it wasn't our lights. And this is off a trail. This is this like isn't like on a trail or anything. And so we we know the area, we know there were no swamp gases or anything, but there was this bright light there. And, you know, some people are saying, well, you know, you, you played that chanting and you don't know what it was saying. So it could have been something trying to manifest itself. If uh, Sasquatch is spirit, um, you very well could have been manifesting. It, you know, it could have been manifesting, trying to come out um, and. And be seen. Um, all I know is that we ended up leaving. And by the time we got to our cars, we looked and we could still see it, it was bright enough where we could still see it from our, um, our, uh, our, our cars. Now, again, if it, this was a, a hunter a hiker or anything like that, you'd actually see the light moving, but it just stayed right where it was. So again, these just experiences that we can't necessarily explain, Um, you know, right before we left to, we, you know, all our equipment, the batteries just decided to drain and all of a sudden, you know, there was no more power in our batteries. Um, So again, we don't know what it was. We can't 100% explain it. Um, I know the leader of the group ended up going back like a week later to um, pick up some of the recorders, and he grabbed a trail cam, and when he was walking with it, it started taking pictures um, on its own, so he ended up, you know, opening it up, you know, taking the batteries out so it would stop. He's thinking, you know, the button's stuck or whatever, and it was for, like, 10 seconds after it still continued to take pictures. Um, Now, Batteries, electronics can still hold somewhat of a charge for a couple seconds after you take the batteries out. But this went on for like ten seconds, so this was again something very strange, something very weird, and then and then the batteries were just dead after that. Um, so, you know, again, very 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 strange experiences. Rick, were you going to say something?
3: Yeah, I was just going to say that that's sort of indicative of either uh, UFO activity or even ghost activity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, things draining. I just wanted to add that in there. What were you going to say, Stephen? Uh, it it remind when he said the, when he started mentioning
4: the light, I had done a case maybe 10 years ago for a mayor, um, who had acquired 700 acres of former Tuscarora land and it's completely private. So nobody can go on this land, but his family, when they would go out hunting, Would literally say that everything you just said, like they they would see these phantom lights, not not moving as if it's another hunter or something, but just kind of hovering. So I I thought that was interesting. But before we go go on to your um, your your experience with television, I just wanted to ask a general question. And, and Rick, you can chime in on this, too, because it's something we've never really talked about on this show. Mm -hmm. But, you know, not not counting the the people who who watch the paranormal shows and order their little ghost hunting kit from ghost stop and their t-shirt and and go and become a ghost hunter um do you find that i find that there's like the the real true research community is made up of like three different people musicians people that are into computers or people in the medical field, like nurses, doctors, or mental health. Do you got you guys find that to be a commonality?
3: Um,
2: I I guess maybe. Um, I, I mean, I, I definitely know people that you know hit all three of those categories with, without a doubt. Um, uh, you know, and, and, and I think you know, um, a lot of it had to do with, um, you know, the, when, when the shows came out. Um, you you know, it was, you know, it, it was like the subject to like the, the mainstream was like, you know, cliche and, and, and kind of, kind of, kind of silly. So I guess maybe in a sense, I'd say on the musicians, a lot of the time musicians are very, uh, you know, to themselves and, um, they, they kind of like the weird. So I I think that that might be part of it. Um, and again, you know, these TV shows came out and, and, and definitely um, made 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 the subject mainstream. Because I remember when, when I first saw the show Ghost Hunters, um, I was just flipping through some channels. I'm like, "What's this?" And uh, I mean, I, I didn't even know people did that. And I mm-hmm. like my my biggest understanding of ghost hunting was was the movie Ghostbusters. You
3: you know, it's a, when when I started when I did when I started investigating back in 1991. I honestly thought I was the only person doing this kind of work that. Um, didn't have a PhD attached to the to the to the the end of their name. Um, But I I do think that the um, the television shows, they kind of opened it up to non academics to be able to do this kind of work either ufology or ghost hunting or cryptozoology. I think that the television shows, they sort of opened it up for people who are non academics to do this kind of work. I, I think that that was like the good, one of the good things about the show. But you yourself were were on a ghost show. You were on haunted hospitals or a segment of haunted hospitals. Um, yes. You know, before before we get into the story of what it is that you you know were on haunted hospitals for, what are your thoughts on on ghosts, spirits? Are they really the dead come back to life, or what is what does Kenny Irish think?
2: Well, I would say, you know, um, you know, being, being a Christian, you know, I always kind of come from that point of view. So I believe that there's, there's angels. I believe there's demons. Um, and I, I believe that there is some type of an Mm in-between. Um, but I mean, I, I, again it's not a subject that i really look into i kind of avoid any type of subject on something where you know um some type of entity could attach to you so i i kind of avoid all that but you know for the most part I, I i think you know um there's probably you know a lot of lot lot of evil in the spirit world um there's there's good and evil so um I, you know it, it's it, again you know it, I don't, I haven't really looked into a whole lot of it, but I do know that there, 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 there is a spirit world and what it actually consists of, you know, according to what I've read is, is both good and evil. So, um, you know, I mean, are there, you know, does, does, does heaven allow people to leave heaven and come down and walk the earth and visit their, visit their relatives? Um, very well could, I, I don't know. So, um, I, I can't really speak it too much in depth on it just because uh, again i don't really know i try again i try to kind of avoid the subject so that way i don't have to have to uh you know deal with it
3: (laughs) fair enough but uh, haunted hospital so what was your experience with that with that show and what 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 was the experience that brought
2: you to it well i i was working for a company and uh there was a Hurricane that came through Vermont, and it was just the tail end of the hurricane, but it, it brought a lot of rain and it made the riverbanks in Waterbury, Vermont, jump the banks and it ended up flooding an, an, an old historical um, state building that also had a Vermont State Hospital attached to it. So um, they ended up, they decided that, you know, they weren't going to, I guess, rebuild that section. And the company I was with, we had a bunch of water coolers in there. So prior to the hurricane, we always just delivered water there and dropped coolers off. But we never actually went in because it was a secured facility because it was people, you know, who were mentally ill, psychotic. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, for their safety and our safety, we were never allowed to go in. Well, I was able to, um, be the lucky one that got to go in there after, you know, they evacuated it, got everybody out, um, water levels went down, but this, again, this, the, the, the part that was kind of creepy was the fact of what it was, um, and. When I had to actually remove the water coolers, it was like right around Halloween, which made it even creepier. Um, but so I get there and I have to wait for the groundskeeper to let me in. And again, remember, I have no idea where any of these water coolers are because we always just dropped them off outside and they brought them inside. So really? the groundkeeper shows up, he lets me in, and the whole time that I'm trying to find these water coolers, there's no power to the building. Um, I know what the building is used to be it had been around for like over 100 years and um you know there had always been talk of you know the strange um therapies that were performed on people um and and, you know a lot of deaths in there so of course you know i'm hearing all kinds of weird things i'm hearing chatter i'm hearing movement that there shouldn't be of course you know some of the noises could definitely be rodents that were running around in there Yeah, I just couldn't see anything. I ended up walking by a room where it looked like there was an actual person standing in it. Um, It was just a real, real crazy, creepy experience. And I got to a point where. I just said you know what enough's enough I'm not going to not going to bother with this anymore you know they 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 can demolish it with the coolers and I just had to get out of there I'm um, just with all the noises it sounded like there was some scuffing behind me like somebody coming up behind me and again you know I'm in there with a flashlight because there's there's zero there's zero electricity to the building -hmm. And as I was leaving, I came around the corner and uh, ran face to face into a a guy there. And um, at first, I'm thinking, "Okay, you know, this isn't real. You know, this isn't, you know, this isn't a this. This is a ghost." But it turned out it was a real guy. It was actually an electrician that was there, also to meet up um, with the groundskeeper to look at some different fuse boxes or something and to disconnect something from some some main power or whatever. But again, it was just it was a very very scary creepy experience that um, I didn't necessarily expect going in there I just expected that you know I was going to be going in there it was going to be a little eerie but I I didn't expect the experience that I ended up having
3: yeah that's definitely one of those places that I I find and I'm sure that Stephen would agree that it holds a lot of memories yeah. uh both the good both the bad uh for 16 years i worked in a uh, in a mental health facility and uh everybody that i worked with um saw what we called the shadow yeah. and it was this weird shadow It didn't really interact with anyone. It just sort of like walked from room to room to room, kind of walked in front of me a couple of times, and everybody saw this. But yeah, these kind of places, they hold a lot of energy. They hold a lot of memories, and sometimes it gets played back for better or worse. So, Kenny, we have come to that point in the show that we like to call um, where you can. Steven help me out here man I like I'm blanking all of a sudden uh shameless oh, self promotion
4: I see I see I see yeah, Mr. Wow.
3: Cockey Mr. Cockey's you know
4: losing his Here's- mojo
3: Here's here, here here's the thing. I literally rolled out of bed 10 minutes before we started the show, rolled out of bed into my prosthetic leg, and boom, right here. So we have come to the point of the show that we call Shameless Self-Promotion. This is the part of the show where you get to talk about anything that you're involved in. You get to talk about your books. You get to talk about TV uh, appearances. You get to talk about radio appearances. You get to talk about anything that, well, specifically with you that you get to do with your band, and go.
2: Yeah absolutely well i just wanted to say uh first thing as of this morning um i went on and uh, checked on american cryptids and american cryptids as of this morning was back in the number one spot in its genre um so that's it's now uh, no, it was a big as, shot awesome. yes yeah, so as of today it's a, a, a three-time um number one bestseller um i've got a follow-up releasing this summer also um it's it, american cryptids was released through beyond the freight publishing I've got a follow-up to it called International Cryptids and Legends coming out um, in late summer that I'm working on right now. It's coming out through Beyond the Freight Publishing. Um, I just um, did um, uh, some appearances in a, a documentary called The Woods. Um, I've got some other um, filmings that are, that are going to be coming up as long as um, COVID doesn't cancel them. Um, but looking forward to that. Uh, I've got some uh, uh, speaking and uh, appearances coming up this year. This month, I'm going to be at the Rochester ParaFest um, with a bunch of other awesome uh, you know, cryptozoologists and uh, um, paranormal folks. In May, I'm going to be in, uh, at the, um, uh, the uh, uh, Smoky Mountain uh, Bigfoot Festival in Towns- Townsend, Tennessee. I'll be there with Ron Moorhead and uh, Ken Gerhardt, as well as the guys from the show Mountain Monsters. Mm-hmm. in july it's july 30th i'll be in uh michigan at the michigan bigfoot conference uh, i'll be there with uh lyle blackburn and uh, russell accord i uh in august i'm going to be at the uh, lake champlain uh monster festival i'm an organizer so i won't be there in appearance form but I, i'll be there um assisting and helping out um so but i will have books of course if anybody you know is is looking to um you know, uh, purchase one and have it signed uh, September. I'm going to be in the white. I'm going to be at the white hall uh, Sasquatch festival. Uh, everybody knows white New York is the Sasquatch uh, epicenter on the East coast and I'm working out other some other dates. Like I'm looking at uh, an, an event in June. I'm looking at one in October and November. It's just a matter of negotiating with um, the organizers to make sure it, it's, it's all happening. Other than that, um, you know, I'll, I'll be on various different uh, um, radio shows oh and i did have um just recently a book um young readers chapter book called alexandra and the moonlight caper come out um mm-hmm. it has to do with uh, them thinking that their substitute teacher teachers a witch so it's again young readers chapter book that was actually released uh back in november through hanger hanger one publishing who is owned by the creator and producer of the hit show monster quest um so anybody that has ever watched uh, monster quest they probably know uh, doug hishak so sure. yeah you know, so there's, there's a lot going on um having a lot of fun doing it and um, just going to you know continue going and I look forward to seeing folks at different events and uh, you know anybody who has any questions or wants to reach out directly to me uh, feel free to uh, look me up on Facebook as Kenny W. Irish, The Crypto Punkologist. I'm on Instagram as Kenny Irish Author and also my website which is www.kwirish.com or www.thecryptopunkologist.com
3: outstanding well thank you so much kenny for being on the show today it was it was really great talk you know being able to talk monsters uh which is something we don't talk a whole lot about on this show so um you know thank you kenny hope we can have you back on again we'll talk have a little bit more time with you and talk more monsters so uh you know ladies and gentlemen kenny w irish check them out great stuff thank you kenny
2: thank you
0: Want to advertise on the hottest paranormal talk show? Have your brand or services exposed to thousands of listeners daily. To advertise on Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk, contact the hosts at shadowinitiativetalk at gmail.com. That's shadowinitiativetalk at gmail.com.
1: If you enjoyed today's show, please head over to iTunes, give us a rating, and leave a review. Please follow us on Facebook and subscribe via iTunes.
0: We now return to Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with your hosts, Rick Hale and Stephen Langley. Oh, excuse me,
3: will you please bring us back?
0: Oh, thank you.
3: Oh,
4: kind You're sir. You're Guys, you, you have been listening to the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with Ghost Hunter, author, just an all around amazing guy, good friend of Rick mine, Hale. Rick Hale. Yeah, see, I, was, I wasn't <laughs> going to take that
3: one. I wasn't going to take it,
4: because I am not an all-around good guy. Uh,
3: Thank you for being so gracious.
4: But but you're here with me, too, as well, Stephen Lancaster. Uh, no need for any kind of introduction. But what a great guest. You know, man, uh, Kenny had some, some really cool things to say, and it's nice to have somebody on here to just talk straight cryptid um the right. the entire time and what a unique character to to be a musician to allow us to play his music on the show um that 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 was a, a treat for me um you know doing the whole paranormal amp thing where we interview right. musicians who've had ghost stories or in his case uh, he's a cryptozoologist which is really cool
3: yeah i think he has a really interesting take because there's so many different um Uh, theories on what bigfoot could possibly be some people believe that he is or or it is a descendant of gigantopithecus which is an actual creature that did exist um at one time like in siberia and asia believe came over on the land bridge and you know became what we know today as bigfoot or aliens or uh spirits you know because i know that a lot of native american um tribal societies believe that this is you know a spirit of the forest so you know really really interesting take on that
4: yeah and i liked his story too Uh, you know uh, uh, when he talked about how they went out and conducted research and recreating things and you know like we were talking earlier in the show you know when we first started this episode you know, people are going about. They they they're leaving behind a part of the research. It seems anymore. So it was nice mm-hmm. to hear. You know, Kenny say that. Like, you know, they're they're going out to try to. Okay, maybe it's this. Maybe it's that. Let's test this. Let's test that.
3: I I, I really enjoyed that, man. Yeah, I did too. Uh, you know, Kenny. Kenny was a you know a great guest. So um yeah, great show. Uh, can't wait. For, you know, for everybody to to hear it. Um so next week we don't have a guest. What? No, we don't have a guest next week. But we will be talking, we you know we're going to bring back Ghost Watch. Hopefully we're going to have the segment for uh um you know the the beyond segment, you know people's personal stories, and I'm going to be talking about the investigation that we do in um yes. in Chicago next Saturday. Yes. Hey, I got to tell you something funny. Uh you remember
4: our guest uh Jerry Pauly from uh Yeah. Hillbilly Horror Stories, good friend of ours. He does good things in Freakest. the paranormal community. He sends me a message uh, through Facebook, uh, like, I don't know, a couple of fucking days ago. And he's like, look at what I found. And he is in a thrift store in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And there sits the Norman the Doll book. I was like, oh, no man.
3: way. I have been reduced to thrift store, man. No, think about it this way. Somebody loved your book enough to share it with other people. No, think of it that way.
4: Yeah, they they loved it enough to hear. Take this for free. They donated <laughs> it
3: to a thrift store. Come. The bargain bin. You know what? I I actually, I have found your book at our local library. The first the first Norman book. I was kind of like, oh, I, I know that guy, um, and I have found it at half price books. Uh, which oh. is kind of like a chain here in uh, here in Northern Illinois. No, but well, like I said, you got to think about knife. it this way. Somebody loved it enough to share it with the rest of the world. Well, at least some it other didn't burn lucky person at half, at, at half the price.
4: Yeah, Yeah, it is what it is. Well, I have a I week have to... to come up with something, I guess, interesting to talk about next week as our show progresses and grows and gets more professional and more produced and Man, we're bringing in the audience, you guys listening to us on Facebook. Thank you. Our Facebook podcasts are killing it, man. And it's so convenient because so many people spend a large portion of their day on social media, on Facebook, and they're listening to our show while they browse around Facebook, which is just amazing to me. That's
3: that's so cool. So we also want to tell, because and because of that, you you can find us, you know, pretty much anywhere, not just at Facebook. You can find us at Amazon. You can now find us at Instagram, which is mm-hmm. amazing. I didn't really necessarily know that you could do that, but I'm really not that familiar with Instagram. But, um, yeah, one of the things that we do here on the show, uh, a new segment, not really so much a new segment anymore, is Encounters from Beyond. That's where you, the listener, send us, you know, two or three paragraph uh short story of an encounter that you had either with a ghost a haunted place psychic phenomena aliens monsters whatever send it to us and we will read it on the air in this segment called encounters from beyond and steven where can they send that to they can send that to shadow initiative
4: talk at gmail.com shadow initiative talk at gmail.com or just contact us with your story directly through Facebook at facebook.com slash welcome to the initiative. We are very open, guys. Very open for discussion. Come join our group. Join our page. Uh, we just we we can't thank you guys enough for helping this show grow and, and helping uh, get us out there. But we will be back next week with a brand new episode, chocked Full of awesomeness. And, and Rick, is it going to be a great show?
3: It's always a great show. And I'm not paying you five dollars.
4: <laughs>
3: All right, guys. You greedy SOB. <laughs> you've been listening to <laughs> Rick Hale
4: and Stephen Lancaster on shadow initiative, paranormal talk. We will see you next week.
1: Thank you for listening to our guest stories this week. If you've enjoyed this episode, share it with your friends.
0: Initiative Paranormal Talk is proudly available worldwide on Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music, Facebook Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more.